0: It was the first episode this season where everything was real. And it wasn't somebody looking to have a moment, Sonya. (laughs) It wasn't somebody looking to make a a moment happen, Drew and Ralph. Everybody was invested. It was real conversations. It was reality happening right before my brown eyes. I mean, the fact that they caught Candy and Todd receiving a phone call that some stalker was at her gate... And then the genius of the producers to say, let's send a camera crew to follow Candy and Todd in this moment. That was spectacular. Stay tuned. We'll get into my recap of the Love and Marriage franchise, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and some tea on Bell Collective with my boy, DJ Richie Sky, right after this quick break. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. So look, as I told you guys last week, I am going to start recapping some of your favorite reality shows. We're not just going to do Atlanta Housewives, okay? Because I know y'all really care about my opinion on it. Whether you like to admit it or not, you actually do care. So, we're going to talk about that today. However, we're going to spend time recapping Love & Marriage Huntsville, Love & Marriage DC, the announcement, honey, that Bell Collective is coming back for a second season. And we'll get into basketball wives, too, honey. So, look, I am joined by someone who I adore He is beyond talented, a genius, a pop culture expert, an enthusiast, honey, of all things reality television. This man needs no introduction, but I'll do it anyway. He is someone who I got a chance to meet courtesy of social media. No, we did not slide in each other's DMs because we are both, okay, taken for a child. Y'all so messy and nosy. So, no, we are friends of each other. We are fans of each other. And I simply do adore him. He is one of the good guys in this crazy world we live in. I am talking about my friend, the amazing DJ Richie Sky.
1: I need to hear that every morning when I get up. Okay, like, I need to put that on replay when I wake up in the mornings. Thank you for that.
0: No, and I meant every word. So, I feel like this may be your favorite show. I'm not going to say one up. I think it's your favorite. Let's start with my creation, Love and Marriage Huntsville. Am I right about that? You love this show, Richie.
1: You are correct. You know what I love about this show? It is different from anything else on reality TV. And I feel like these are people who, I don't want to say that you pick them up out of uh, obscurity, but, I mean, they were strangers to us before we met them on reality TV. And they st- provide us with so much relatable content. And we get angry every week because of the level of misogyny that we see on the screen.
0: Uh-uh, not misogyny, honey. <laughs> I'm, I got to
1: be real about it. I mean, listen, I love all of them. They And they give. And that's the thing about this cast. They came together with a purpose, Carlos. It wasn't just the same formula of a group of friends, allegedly, that comes together, allegedly, to go to brunch. This group, like, they came together to do something in the community. And that's what I loved about Bell Collector, too. And I know we're going to talk about that, but... I like this idea that these were friends for a long time. And Mm -hmm. so these relationships, they mean something to people.
0: Yes. No. It's the reason why, you know, when I first met Melody and Martell Holt, because they were married at the time, I knew that Melody was a star. Melody Holt is a force multiplier. I knew I wanted to surround her with people who were her real friends. And long story short... We met the Scots, and the rest is history. So, let's talk about this past week's episode because tomorrow is the mid-season finale, right? (sighs) So, I know, I know, I know. We got to take a little break, but we'll be back very soon, okay? But this past week's episode was Martel, Atlanta boys' trip, and he had a party where he invited a lot of the local Atlanta women. hmm I'm assuming they all were single for obvious reasons. And some mess happened. So what <laughs> did you think about that episode, Richie? What would you like to talk about, honey? You know, for me, the most fascinating part of
1: that episode was literally the conversation that Martel had with Uncle Sam outside, on the deck, okay, where I felt like... This was a genuine moment for Uncle Sam, who we hadn't met before. at least I I don't remember him. But in hearing his frustrations about Martel A not recognizing him and then B not recognizing his mom enough, I felt like that was really an opportunity for Martel to simply say, "You know what, bro, I'm sorry." I you know what, I I I get nervous when I'm speaking. Please forgive me. Let me go correct that now cuz everybody's still inside. But what Martel chose to do was something completely different. He chose to roll up into this into his uncle's ear and tell him not to do this on national television. Now, I don't know if he thought the cameras couldn't hear, but um I was like <coughs> are,
0: are we threatening Uncle Sam? Uh-uh. And and listen, what we all know is, regardless if he's your blood uncle or Uncle Sam who takes your taxes, you do not mess with Uncle Sam, period, baby. (laughs) That part,
1: that's what was so crazy to me. And so even as, and then Uncle Sam is trying to go, like, okay, bro, you know what? We good. Martel is not letting the man leave. I'm like, if you don't want this scene... That's, I mean it's literally turning into a scene. I mean it, this ain't y'all with the with the yelling cut in the background. This is really turning into something that somebody feels something about, and you could tell Uncle Sam ain't used to this. You know th- he don't. I don't feel like he's used to this reality TV game. So I feel like for him this is real life, right? And so then Martell telling the, now I don't know how y'all work with the camera crew and stuff like that, but from my experience with reality TV, I could not tell the camera crew to stop doing what they was gonna do.
0: Oh, 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 hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Let me tell you something. On a Carlos King production, on a Kingdom Reign entertainment production, you do not tell, when I say you, meaning reality stars, my stars, they have no right to tell my crew that I'm paying for out of my pocket and my Wells Fargo bank account, (laughs) yes, savings and checkings. (laughs) You're not going to tell me when I'm signing checks, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop real quick. You're not gonna say, oh, 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 stop the cameras. No. And but that's a rule that my team know. The only person that can say cut the cameras in my black china voice is Carlos Reginald King the first. Okay? Boom. So when Martel said it, guess what you saw, Richie? The cameras were rolling. <laughs> <laughs> you don't run nothing over here, Martel Holt. Baby, police. We roll it on everything, baby. Be clear. Listen, I I was
1: you I guess it was just the unmitigated gall of it all to hear him say the things that he was saying that I found most fascinating because to me that informs the audience more about his character in general. When maybe he thinks that no one is really watching as well as they could be watching.
0: You know what it is, Richie? It's the beauty of the way we cast at Kingdom Rain Entertainment. We really cast people who forget the cameras are there. Martell, listen, I don't care if y'all judge me or not. And Richie, I would love to get your opinion. Okay. I think Martell Holt is one of the greatest male reality stars of all time. One of. I think he is a fascinating character. I think the stuff he says, the way he acts, I'm super fascinated. And what's so interesting is he really forgot the cameras were there. And he had this real moment with his real uncle. Because what you said earlier is true. Like, the success of Love and Marriage Huntsville Is totally because of the chemistry that these couples have because they've been friends six years prior to me rolling up on set with a camera. So you see Mm -hmm. that. So what you saw in this past week's episode was that's Martell's uncle looking very brolic, giving me, you know, was that guy from Friday, (laughs) tiny? (laughs) (laughs) Honey, he was brolic. I thought I was about to watch a WWE match because baby... Martell met his match in the form of his brolic-ass uncle. Mm-hmm. I would agree with
1: you that I think that Martel is probably one of the most fascinating men on reality TV. Only probably matched by Marceau. But we'll talk yes. about him in a second because I feel like he's interesting in a completely different way. But the thing that's funny about Martel is, despite the fact that he feels, I cannot call him, but he comes across... Very narcissistic is that as an audience, we are all still rooting for him. Yeah. I want him to get his builder's license.
0: <laughs> Please. Yes, yes. No. When I oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm sharing this with you guys. Martel is going to get <laughs> so Share bad it. at me for saying that. <sighs> okay, I'll say this much. Okay, raindrop, some exclusive tea. I was going to save it for the reunion, but I guess I'll tell my raindrops on my podcast listeners. Okay. So, look, Richie, you are so accurate in terms of people are still rooting for Martel. I was on a plane this past weekend going to a city. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because if I say the city, it'll be a whole conversation, and I got time for it. Okay, okay. This beautiful black woman in her early 50s who had a very expensive Louis Vuitton purse, and she had on some Gucci sandals. She sat next to me, and she recognized me, and she was so sweet. Long story short, she said, I am rooting for Martel. And I said, (laughs) why? Because I was so curious about, like, okay, because based on social media, you think black women around the world hate Martel, but they don't. And she said no, I I I think he's great. I want him to I swear to you she said this. I want him to pass his test to get his builder's license and she said I want Melody to take him back. <gasps> so what Martel has said to me is the fact that everywhere he goes, women offer themselves. <laughs> to Martel, they say, "Baby, do you need some money? Do you need a babysitter?" Baby, tell me what you need. So what's <laughs> interesting is you would think Martel would be the villain of all villains. Ladies love Martel. And here's
1: the thing. I can understand why. Okay. He has, I think, a lot of the qualities that I felt like a lot of women would look for. You know what I'm ter- In terms of looks, in terms of he does seem to want to provide for his family. I think that's also a big thing in that the man is fatherly. I ain't going to take that... You, you cannot take that away from him. That man was... I mean, even when he he and Melody were going at it back in the day, he was adamant about taking care of them kids. So I think those are aspects that, you know, I can understand him talking some women out their
0: panties. I can get that. Panties are pockets and pocketbooks. Okay, <laughs> All of them, okay? <laughs> so in this episode, you also mentioned Marcel, because what we did see is the beautiful Letitia Scott have this amazing session with Dr. Francis. Dr. Francis is truly like the Dr. Drew of OWN, the Dr. Drew of Love and Marriage Huntsville. He is the doctor of all doctors, honey. And it was so interesting to see Leticia come to this realization that she needs to be more outspoken in her mm-hmm. marriage and how she does everything. Well, I definitely feel like, you know... He didn't ha- he didn't cut any
1: cards with her at all. He was very direct with her about what she needs to do and about how Marceau talked her into letting him go to Africa last minute, you don't make a last minute trip to Africa. That's something you've been thinking about for weeks and weeks because you got to plan and prepare for that. Trust me. I mean, we all know what that's like. You don't just say, you know what, I'm going to Africa today. Nobody says that. So as he broke that down for her, it was almost like a light bulb went off in her head And to me, I feel like Letitia has... Listen, I like Letitia because I feel like she is, A, beautiful, but I feel like she's extremely smart, okay? I feel like Letitia has gotten very good at expressing herself with the ladies. I feel like she needs to get even better at expressing herself with Marceau. Um, So I feel like she's catching up to herself with that, Um, and to me... The best scene that I have seen with them so far has been that Kiki Wyatt scene where she was waiting for him in the car and she made him come sit down beside him. Baby, that was, that to me, was my favorite Letitia and Marceau moment.
0: Honey, that was a soap opera scene when she wrote up to the bar, honey, that she owns 93% of, works is, okay. and told Marceau, meet me in the parking lot. And she said, "Get in the car." And he said, "Oh, this is gonna be a long conversation."
1: And but you know what? He ain't argued with her. He knew. He knew she was serious that day. And I and I and I I like that scene so much. It resonated. It hit me. It, it, I don't know what it was about it, other than it felt like that '90s video. But I was like, "Okay, Letitia, I just need you to continue to." She needs practice at doing it because Marceau is such an expert at talking.
0: Yes. Yes. No, it's fascinating. And one thing that you have said about Love and Match Huntsville, you I, I've seen your comments because we follow each other on Instagram, and you said that you felt like this is the best season. Tell me Absolutely. why you feel that way.
1: I feel like the stories are current. What you did that was I felt like was smart was after that reunion, y'all didn't waste no time diving into the aftermath of that photo coming out. And the cast did not, they, for for whatever reason, they didn't shy away from social media at all. Like, everybody was in the comments, you know, going back and forth. So everybody played a part. And another thing is, I feel like everybody plays a part on the show. Like, every character is active. Not character, I guess I should say, every cast member is active. Like, there are, there's no passive person Well, except one. I feel like, she is passive because I don't even know if because she's so new. I don't know if she knows when to really get in there and really how to work in reality TV quite yet. And that's Tiffany. I like her, but I feel like the audience is confused by her. And I feel like she don't always engage in the way that, you know, there's a certain thing that you got to do when you're in a scene. And I, it, it You still got to be real, but you got to be involved. You have to multiply. Yes. Like, you got to
0: do something. Like, I can't forget that you there. No, you got to force yourself to multiply. It's the force multiplier. Like, you got to— yes. You have to be an amplified version of yourself. When you're in a scene, you have to speak your mind, and you have to be present. There's mm-hmm. a certain um, force that you have to truly multiply within yourself. It's still being you— But, you know, it's an amplified version of yourself. Yes. But what I will say to you before we move on to DC, the mid-season finale of Huntsville, of course, is coming up on Saturday. And all I will say to you guys is you're going to see footage of the moment Melody went live on Instagram and all hell broke loose. And on the Nightcap with Carlos King that airs right after an all new episode of Love Marriage DC, I have Miss Wanda and Marceau as my guests. And I'm going to play you guys an extended version of what happened. So stay tuned. Stay tuned as we continue to recap the latest in reality TV with DJ Richie Sky. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with DJ Richie Sky. Let's get into your other fave, Love and Marriage DC. (laughs) So what do you think about the show so far? Obviously, it's the newest franchise from Love and Marriage, and it stars who we both love, Monique Samuels.
1: I love it. I do. And you know what's funny about this show is, and I, I, I don't know where we are in terms of how close we are to the to the finale, but I feel like the door has just really started to open. And what I like about this show is that I feel like I'm starting to see more of these personal stories. Like this particular episode that just passed last week was so important for us as the audience to get to know Ashley. Because so far, Ashley has been involved in controversy and we've seen her story through the lens of her dealings with Quick. But in this episode, we really got to see what she's going through and understand who she is as a person. And I'm waiting to see the same thing with Jamie, okay? Because I feel as though Jamie could open up a little bit more, okay? Mm -hmm. That's number one. Because I feel like with him, we're getting his story through the lens of Arena and his kids, but I feel like he ain't really opened up quite like Quick and Chris have quite yet.
0: Yes, no, no, and your feelings are accurate. Absolutely, and we addressed that at the reunion. And what I will say to you is there's a reason why he wasn't as open the first season, and, and again, we address it at the reunion, which which by the way is 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 explosive and everything. And I just I just watched part two of the Love and Marriage DC reunion, and when I say to you, I thought I was in the middle of a Fourth of July parade because it was nothing but fireworks. Who shocked you the most? Winter. <gasps> okay, you can I tell you something? She's good. Every once in a while, you meet people who are meant to be on reality TV. Winter is definitely one of those people. Winter has this look in her eye, the eye as the king of reality TV. I'm like, oh, baby, you've been waiting for this her whole life. So, speaking of Winter, her and Arena had a very explosive sit down based on Arena discovering through Ashley that Winter gave Arena's husband, Jamie, a nickname, calling him the real life special because allegedly <laughs> Arena was <laughs> calling him very late at night and he wasn't answering his phone. And then he called her back and she said, Where are you or where were you? And allegedly, he said, oh, I fell asleep at a real light. What did you think of that sit down between Arena and Winter? Because Arena, to me, always came across as very dignified and classy and mm-hmm. elegant and, and very grown, warm. Very very Kimmy from Huntsville, yes. right? Listen,
1: I'm glad you mentioned Kimmy. Because Kimmy has a way of putting people in their place without raising her voice not one octave. Okay. Um, not at all, but she gets them together nice and quick, okay? I ain't never seen nothing like it. Dignified. Now, that's dignified. Now, see, Arena, okay, she definitely was stepping outside of herself. And I felt, you know, I felt bad for her, but I do love a sit-down Ponderosa. And I got Ponderosa from Jackie Christie, a la Basketball Wives. But I love a one-on-one Ponderosa between two cast members When things get heated Because ain't nobody else around to referee Can't nobody tag team Nobody This is a fair one-on-one discussion And it is about Whether or not This woman was gossiping about her husband But it's a story that Arena Actually told her So for me It wasn't like she Told a lie She told what you told her now, whether or not you thought that was going to go anywhere, the cameras caught it, you know. And I like Arena, though. I like her. But I feel like things about to go real left when she asks her if um she's messed up in the head because of her relationships from the past.
0: Uh-uh, boo-boo. This is reality with the King. And we have the explicit rating, so we can cuss. She said, <laughs> are you mentally fucked up? Now, that's what she said now, child. That's what she said. <laughs> But no, I was gagging the whole time. And for me, all I can say to you guys is when you watch Saturday's episode, it's the continuation of Arena and Winter. Richie, all I can say to you is Arena was giving very much Little Kim versus Faith Evans. Like Arena gave grown woman, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. It was. Get up off the seat, pointing fingers in the face, because I'm checking you. My favorite line of that episode that is the key key to me. I'll give you a little snippet. Arena tells Winter, you don't know who you fucking with. Winter says, not much. I'm like, uh-uh, the girls are funny. I was, honey, I was gagged. See, that's the thing about me. I love a good quick read. And I thought that was hilarious, personally. No shade.
1: No, she called her the sheen queen when she walked in the door.
0: Okay, <laughs> you did, did you miss that part? <laughs> she called her the sheen. <laughs> Whose side are you on? Arena
1: or Winter's? Why you tell my business, friend? That's 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 how we coming. So, for real, for real, I'm on Arena's side. But Winter is just so funny in these situations, you almost can't help but not be mad. Okay, so technically, I would be on Arena's side. Because... In real life, like let's just say if I if I was having a conversation with you and I told you that story, and then I gotta hear about that story from somebody else, I'm coming to you.
0: I wanna ask my listeners this. Is it rude to give someone's husband a nickname? So I want you guys to hit me up on Twitter and hashtag reality with the king. Now, Richie, you're married. Mm-hmm. If I gave your husband... Don't don't
1: you do it. Yes, it is rude. Okay.
0: You take you, you me so fast. I couldn't even, I couldn't even get out of, I couldn't even get out the question. Enough saying. Nope. Okay. <laughs> now, you mentioned Jackie Christie and a Ponderosa. So oh, I've yes. been watching this season of Basketball Wives. I know you've been watching it. I tweeted... That as a loyal fan of Basketball Wives, the show needs a force multiplier. Now, I'm going to be real. Jennifer Williams is one of my babies. I love her. This podcast is about honesty. And this is no diss to Jennifer because Jennifer obviously is an OG. This season of Basketball Wives has been... So, you know that Calm app that plays like waterfalls and like, you know, erupting volcanoes and stuff like that right? Mm-hmm. Basketball Wives is my new Calm app, because this season, honey, is a sleeper. So look, <laughs> I grew up loving Laguna Beach, The Hills, mm-hmm. and you know, like these Classics. legendary, right, reality shows. Basketball wise was always one of my favorites, right? And Same. I was... Disappointed when I learned like Evelyn was leaving and Tammy was leaving and Shawnee was off getting married. Like, what's up with my show? And this season, they brought back some familiar faces, but similar to how people are asking, you know, Bravo to give them like OG legacy of, of OC, these women on this current season aren't keeping my attention. It truly, to me, is the Angel Brinks show, which isn't saying a lot. <laughs> and that's no shade of Angel Brinks. She's not a force multiplier. She's a sweetheart. She, she's a hustler. But but she's not a leading cast member. And one thing about my girl Jen, Jen is with the shits. Jen isn't the one who causes it. Jen knows how to carry it. She's, you know, she's she's like a bone carrier. And Jackie Christie could be a force multiplier, But I think the women think she's a joke, and they don't take her seriously enough to give her the respect that I think she may deserve— Just on seniority, but a force multiplier also has to be somebody that the other cast members can respect. And I don't think they respect her like that. So Mm. I feel like the show desperately needs Evelyn back. It needs Tammy. It needs Shawnee. It it needs Jen to be around those ladies. Jackie Christie can be around those ladies. Bring back Laura Gavon. Bring back Mm. um, Royce. You know, bring back Gloria, honey, who read The Girls. By herself, with no help. I feel like this season is lacking that, and I'm not into it. Here's my thought about it.
1: I agree, number one. (laughs) Um, I definitely agree. But you know what, though? I feel like sometimes, especially with um, shows that I recap, and they are filled with women of color or people of color or black people in general, I feel, I and I shouldn't feel like this, but I feel like it is my duty to, A, recap it, let people know it's on, and support the show in some type of way, right? So if I got to make it entertaining, I do that, okay? Through my reviews. And I find myself working extra hard to make it entertaining through my reviews. So that tells me that, A, you're right. They do need someone who can get the party started. And can't nobody get that party started like an Evelyn, like a Tammy, you know what I'm saying? Listen, Gloria, anytime she set foot in a scene, she changed the energy and the temperature in the room. I could not understand for the life of me why, but she did. And here's the thing. When they said that they were bringing back some of these other ladies, I felt like they were trying to to cleanse our palates from that last dismal, disastrous season that they gave us, um, which I'm not even going to get into right now. Mm -mm. But I felt like in doing so, they overcorrected because they've now taken away a lot of the life from the show. Now, granted... Jackie Christie to me is a staple on this show, but Jackie Christie to me is comic relief. And Jackie also needs to be revved up, okay? She works better in a team like that. But she's got to be surrounded by strong players. And right now, this Malaysia and Brandy situation ain't really giving me what I thought it was going to give.
0: It's been so dragged out. and It's to the point now where I don't give a damn. Don't talk to each other. So let's talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta and this past okay. week's episode. Let- Last week, I gave that episode a C C+. My grade for the first episode was a B+. The second mm-hmm. episode, I gave a D, and the, and the D stood for <laughs> Drew. And then the third, fourth, I was like, eh. The fifth episode, I gave an A. So this past week's episode, listen to me loud and clear. Uh-oh. This most recent episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta was the best episode of the season.
1: Boom! Listen, if you had said anything other than that, I was gonna, I, we was going to really have to have a sit-down
0: talk <laughs> and a discussion, okay? Because I, I gave this episode a t- tens across the board. For the first time this season, I'm giving this episode an A+. What made
1: it A-plus for Carlos King?
0: It was the first episode this season where everything was real. And it wasn't somebody looking to have a moment, Sonia. <laughs> it wasn't somebody looking to make a, a moment happen, Drew and Ralph. Everybody was invested. It was real conversations. It was reality happening right before my brown eyes. I mean, the fact that they caught Candy and Todd receiving a phone call that some stalker was at her gate. And then the genius of the producers to say, Let's send a camera crew to follow Candy yes. and Todd in this moment. That was spectacular. And Sonya, who last week I said was unlikable because she was looking for a moment. She had these rehearsed reads. I enjoyed that very special scene between her and her husband because it was mm-hmm. real. She was really terrified to have that conversation with him on the camera. And you felt the uncomfortableness in that scene. And it was so real. I've also said I've been hard on Drew because I felt that Drew and Ralph was studying Martell and Melody Holt and they were (laughs) giving me a script based upon what T.D. Jakes created and what Robin Gibbons directed, honey. (laughs) And I wasn't here for any of those things. So I was happy that even Drew had a moment. But I want to hear from my boy Richie.
1: I loved every single thing about this episode from start to finish. I feel like you felt everybody was active in this episode. Everybody. Sonya was active. That scene with her husband, and I know it's a good episode when I'm mad. I'm so I'm, I was so mad at Ross for the way he responded to her because she is telling you she needs help. And here you go talking about you would resent her if she didn't have another baby, while you still running off around here, going down to Austin or wherever you're going, if you don't hire some employees down there or do and delegate or do something, and that brings me to another point. I don't understand why Sonya is asking Drew or Ralph for any marital advice. I don't know what their marriage is like in real life, but I know what they present on the show. And based on what they present on the show, the fact that Sonya is asking both of them what they would do in this situation, that's a problem. <laughs> you want... That's the wrong road right there. Like, I'm I'm like, girl, what are you doing? And I'm like, Sonya, you need to be taking some of the anger that you throw in Drew's way, like, for
0: whatever reason,
1: and you need to be tossing it to Ross.
0: I agree with you, because I said to my listeners that the reason why Sonya picked on Drew is because Sonya needed a moment. When you are a new housewife, you have to have your moment, and... She felt that Drew was an easy target because, in my opinion, I agree with Drew, she was clout chasing Kenya and Candy for that photo shoot. So I'm with you. And and I like that moment between them. And speaking of moments that I mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, Kenya Moore is back, baby. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing the old Kenya back. And baby, shout out to Marla Patrice Hampton for doing it. And she gave a great tongue-lashing to Marlowe.
1: Can I tell you that this is my favorite season for Kenya? Because I felt like that battle went on for so long, it became stale, and it felt like they were both just bitter. 100%. And I felt like it weighed them down. I don't feel like Kenya is weighed down by that beef anymore. So she feels freer to me. I don't know. I just, I am in love with her this season. That moment with her and Candy. I love that moment. Candy is activated. And listen, I always feel like reality TV, you have either your protagonist or your antagonist, right? And the, and your antagonist can fall into two categories, a straight up villain or an anti-hero, right? The protagonist, the hero, they're not really usually doing nothing to nobody. They got their own little stories and things like that, but they need to be revved up every now and again, okay? And I felt like Candy has been revved up this season. And that ultimately I feel like makes for a better season because it makes her more active with the ladies because typically she's more active with her business. Yes, not a bad thing.
0: It's not a bad thing, but it's also not the greatest television to watch, right? Right. And what you were saying is so true. I love Candy when Candy's activated. Candy loves when she is the topic of conversation on the show. And she should. She's a reality star and she's on the show. So when you guys are saying, we want Marlo Fire because she's making Candy mad, Candy refuses to be a part of anything whack. So Amen. she and I would have tons of conversations about, like, Carlos, I don't wanna be boring. I don't wanna be whack. I love that about her. So that moment between Candy, Sheree, and Marlo at the spa when Candy walked in Candy had an attitude I think we all saw that right I could tell that So what y'all don't know is when you're a producer on that show you as the producer always have to let the ladies know like what they're going to be doing sometimes right like not right. all the time, but sometimes because they have to dress appropriately. Because I know Candy Moneybag Burris, <laughs> it is my belief, and again, no one's, I don't talk to the producers because I like to talk to you guys freely with my own assumptions, right? I believe that Candy pulled up to the scene, and I believe that they were like, uh, what are you wearing? This is a spa. And I believe Candy was like, no one told me it was a spa. I got a meeting <laughs> to go to after this. And she was pissed. So when she walked in, that's why she was on 10. And the reason why I know that is because she would do that to me sometimes. And then secondly, (laughs) when Marlo and Sheree was like, oh, girl, you're not going to get in. She got so mad. And I said, oh, (laughs) she's filling the fire based on a conversation she had outside with the producer. So that's why, guys, in my opinion, she came in on 10. Because y'all were asking about that too. Like, Mm. why is she on 10? That's the reason why I feel she was on ten. So, anyways, it all worked to their benefit because Candy let Marlo have it, and I loved it.
1: I did too. Listen, I could tell it was going there when Candy's voice get to trembling, okay, and her hand get to raising. I know that's when she's about to unleash, and. What the thing that is great about Candy is she's going to give you emotion when she's upset. And it's not that I want to say that I like that, but it tells me she feels something. Yes! And I think as viewers, we want to know that you feel something in that moment.
0: Exactly. And that's the reason why this episode was spectacular is because every single peach holder felt something in their scenes. It was... It was genuine. It was real. And I want more of that. So my hope is that after this episode, we get to see more of those great scenes. And if we do, then I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, we are in store for a great season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And speaking of a good season, I just announced that my show, Bell Collective, is coming back. For a season two!
1: Thank God. Do you know how many questions I get about people asking me? Like, I work on the show. when Bell Collective is coming back. And I'm like, listen, all I know is the last time I talked to Carlos, he said that the bells were belling. So we're just going to have to roll with that until we get some type of announcement. So I said, hopefully one is coming soon. And my hope was also, too, that you brought on new cast members. And I always feel like this. Ever since we talked about, like, having two new cast members come on, I think is the magic number when you are introducing new cast members. Because you can juxtapose those two cast members and you can get these two new different flavors and there's not so much pressure on the one to perform. You better preach.
0: Richie, do you do this for a living? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's exactly what we went into. When I say we, I mean myself, my team at Kingdom Rain Entertainment, but also the executives over at the network. We all said it shouldn't be the pressures of one new bell. Like, you should Mm -hmm. bring on two. So the two new bells we brought on, Aikisha and So Gucci. I mean, the fact that Sis' name is So Gucci tells you a lot already. But when I say to you guys, it is such... A wonderful season. And what's different between this season and the first season is we're diving more into the personal relationships that these women have with their significant others. And when I say to you, it's juicy, it's shady, it's funny, it's dramatic. And we got Letitia, Latrice, Tambra, and Marie coming back, baby!
1: Listen, that argument in the trailer, there's an argument between Letitia and Marie. It- Felt so raw. Like, you could feel it through the like through the screen. To me, I was like, now this is how you do a trailer. A lot of times, trailers will give you fluff in the beginning, right? I don't know why they do that. But this, I mean, it hits you right in the face. And, and it's so unexpected because they were so close last season. So to see that type of moment, and not that they won't get back together after this, because, you know, a, a real, I think, great cast can have a moment and come back together. And we love to see that. But to see it so real and so raw like that, right at the jump, I was like, I'm ready. I'm
0: ready. Yes, and you're going to stay on Ready Baby because Bell Collective premieres Friday, July 29th, 9 o'clock, 8 central on OWN. And it just so happens to be the same day Beyonce album comes out and... You know, she's a Southern girl. So it's going to be a Southern celebration. So in the mornings, play Beyonce, break my soul, honey. Yes, honey. And then at (laughs) nine (laughs) o'clock that night, celebrate by watching the season premiere of Bell Collective. And I will go on record and to say that this season is triple times better than last season. So, Richie, thank you so much for joining me. So, where can the people find you, follow you? Because when I say to you guys, DJ Richie gives some of the best recaps of your favorite reality shows, but also pop culture moments. And he is a great interviewer as well. So, where can the folks find you, Richie?
1: You guys can find me everywhere at DJ Richie Sky. Just use that on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and
0: YouTube.
1: And sometimes you can catch me on Good Day DC.
0: I can literally talk to Richie all day long. It's always nice to talk to somebody who not only is a fan of your work, but a fan of the reality TV genre. I love him. And I'm so happy he decided to share all the tea with me on our favorite reality shows. And don't forget, the mid-season finale of Love and Marriage Huntsville and The Nightcap with Carlos King airs tomorrow, Saturday, all starting at 8, 7 Central on OWN. Thoughts? Opinions? Reads about this episode with DJ Richie Sky. Email me at realitywiththeKing at or leave me a voicemail at 310-593-8188. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra spragley ricks Engineering and music by Marcus Ham.